Welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Today, I want to talk about the principle of community or sangha and how it applies to business. If you are building a conscious business, remember to always create community as part of it. And this can be done in so many different ways. It can be community with your clients, with your employees, or with your partners. You might not understand why or how in the beginning, but try to find a way to build community and bring like-minded people together and build connection between them. So here's a look at what we're going to learn today. First, we're going to look at Dharma and the true definition of yoga. In our second segment, I'll reveal what our collective Dharma actually is. In our third segment, you'll learn how to apply this Dharma to your business. And then in our last segment, I'll share a tool that you can use to help diffuse conflict. But first, I wanna start with a story. So a couple weeks ago, we had a series of power outages in the area where I live. And yeah, it was kind of inconvenient, I'll be honest, but seriously, it was kind of a first world problem. And it just so happened that it was a perfect storm of a bunch of different things happening together. There was construction in the area and a lot of humid weather. And we actually had about six outages over the course of two weeks, which is very rare, I know. But what are you going to do? So it was a Saturday afternoon, and I just come back from getting a bunch of groceries. And I came home to find out that the power was out again. Now, there is a backup generator in our building, so one of the three elevators was still working. And as I was in the lobby, part of a very long lineup of people waiting for that single elevator... It was taking a really long time because, wouldn't you know it, someone was actually moving out that day too. So it really was a perfect storm. And I know that when these things happen, it is an inconvenience and, you know, it kind of sucks. But I always think, what are you going to do? It just is what it is. So as we were waiting, an older gentleman came over to the elevators. And when he saw this big lineup of people, he let out a big sigh. (sighs) And I could just tell from the tone of his sigh that he was not going to handle this very well. He was clearly not impressed. And so he started to complain right away to the concierge in our building who was standing there with us about how he wanted to escalate this to the property manager. And this kind of outage was unacceptable. And, you know, this kind of logic always makes me crazy. So I interrupted him. And I kindly reminded him that the outage was caused because of the hydro and had nothing to do with the property manager. And that they were doing their very best to handle this situation, but really had no control over it whatsoever. 
Because sometimes I know in situations like this where people get angry and irrational, all they need is just a little bit of context to remind them what's going on and where they should and shouldn't be directing their anger. And so he was quiet for about a minute, but then he started to go on again about how we pay monthly fees and this kind of service was unacceptable. And I felt so bad for the concierge because at this point, I mean, power outages aren't their fault, but they do sometimes end up being a bit of a punching bag with all the complaints and all the questions from every single tenant in the building, which has to suck. But it also causes a lot of extra work for them, which isn't fair. So my logic of trying to explain the context to this guy didn't work at all. It just kind of ticked him off more. So I thought I'd try a different approach. And this time, I dug deep. And as authentically and calmly as I could, I looked at him and I said, you know what? I know this power outage is really, really frustrating for you especially in the summer when it's so hot, but the entire city block is without power and there is nothing that the concierge or the property manager can do about it. And I know that this sucks, but it also sucks for all of us. We're all in this together and all we can do is be patient. And he looked at me and then he looked at the long lineup of everyone else standing there at all of our neighbors in this building who shared his inconvenience who shared his pain, who were all standing there patiently, and instantly, just like that, his energy shifted. His emotional field softened. He smiled, shrugged his shoulders, and said, yeah, what are you going to do, right? I think I'm going to go get an espresso. And he let out a big smile, and off he went. Now, I don't know this guy that well. I've seen him maybe a couple times in the building. And I'm sure he's a really nice guy, but in that moment, He was angry and frustrated, and it was his ego that was lashing out. It was coaxing him to respond, to uphold his own importance. It was telling him that he wasn't being respected. You know, years ago, I met someone who was an expert in collective bargaining, and they told me that when you are handling conflict and you're talking to a person who is really, really angry, and really frustrated that you have to match their energy and meet them where they are. So for example, if they're really angry and pissed off, then you have to match their anger. And they told me that if I came in too zen-like and too calm, that I would just aggravate them even more. And I gotta be honest, that advice has never ever sat well with me. I'll confess, I've never been part of an intense labor dispute, But I do understand basic human emotional needs. And what I've learned over the years is that whenever there is conflict about a particular topic, it often has nothing to do with that topic at hand, with that one thing that we're actually arguing about at the surface level. It almost always has to do with something else, something deeper Something below the surface that is triggering people to get so angry. You see, we all have basic human emotional needs to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, to feel relevant, and to feel part of a community. And in that moment, 
back to my story, when this gentleman's energy shifted, you could just see that he finally had these emotional needs met. By saying to him, I know this outage is really, really frustrating for you. We're telling him that we know exactly what he's going through. In that moment, he is being seen and heard. And then by pointing out that he is just one of many people who are also being inconvenienced, we're reminding him that he is part of a community, that he is aligned with all these other people around him. And everyone is going through the same thing that he is. We are on his side. And this is a simple reminder that we all have basic human needs to be seen, heard, understood, to feel relevant, and to feel part of a community. So let's start by talking about Dharma. Now, Dharma is a Sanskrit word for purpose. We all have a unique purpose in life, something that we are meant to do in this lifetime. Deepak Chopra often defines Dharma as a unique gift or special talent to give to others. He says that you have a unique talent and a unique way of expressing it. There is something that you can do better than anyone else in this world. And for every unique talent and unique expression of that talent, there are also unique needs. And when these needs are matched with the creative expression of your talent, that is the spark that creates affluence. And expressing your talents to fulfill needs creates unlimited wealth and abundance. And as conscious entrepreneurs, I know that many of you are very aware of what your dharma is, of what your purpose is to help and serve others. And some of you might not have this quite figured out yet. That's totally okay. You found your way this far to the podcast in this community, which means that you're on the right path to figuring it out soon. So don't worry. But what most people don't know or haven't figured out yet, is that in addition to our individual dharma or purpose, we also have a collective dharma, a common purpose that we are all meant to accomplish during our time on this planet. It is a collective purpose that all human beings share in common. And there are a number of different aspects to this collective dharma. But today, I want to focus on just one of them. And it can be described and defined in just three simple words, each word being only one syllable. As with all the richest wisdom in life, it is so simple to understand, but fairly complicated to master and live by. And I'm gonna reveal this collective dharma to you in just a bit, but first, I wanna talk about yoga. Now, I know that many of you are yoga junkies just like me and I'm sure many of you know the definition of yoga it's union this is no surprise right but many of us haven't realized the full definition of yoga over the years it's gotten a little bit lost in translation and we've forgotten about the most important part let's take a journey back to your childhood to better understand this when you're a kid Did you ever play the game telephone? You know, where one person starts with a certain phrase and then they have to whisper it into the ear of their neighbor. And then their neighbor has to pass it on to the person next to them. And it keeps going on and on and on until it reaches the person at the very end and they have to say it out loud. 
Now, the only rule to the game of telephone is that you can't repeat what you heard. It can only be said once to keep the momentum of the game. Now, what makes this game so entertaining is that by the time the message goes through all the different people, the final statement is often so garbled up compared to what the original message was. And this is exactly what has happened to the definition of yoga as we brought it to the West. As it has been translated over the years, very similar to this game of telephone, and also, I believe, because our culture rewards individuality and focus on the self, we've started to translate the definition of yoga as union of the mind, body, and spirit. We believe that the purpose of yoga is to get connected to ourselves. And yes, this is an important part of it to go inward and tap your conscious intelligence and learn to be still and learn to listen to the sensations of your body. But we're missing out on the other, more important piece of the definition. If you go back to the original Sanskrit definition of yoga, the meaning is union of individual consciousness with universal consciousness. And that is really, really important. So I'm going to say it again. The true definition of yoga is union of the individual consciousness with universal consciousness, which means that the purpose of yoga is to realize that we are all connected to one divine universal energy and essentially connected to each other. We are all connected to each other. And I feel like this is such an important message for us to remember right now because I don't know about you, but I am observing an unprecedented amount of conflict and separation right now. And I don't feel it directly in my day-to-day interactions with people, but I am observing it around me and it is disheartening. And I don't want to give name to any of it, but I see it and I see it escalating and it hurts and I feel like we're so disconnected from our message right now. You see, this message of yoga, this union, and this focus on how we are all connected, if we could all just manage to stay focused on how we are connected to each other and to what we have in common, instead of focusing on the ways that we are different and the beliefs about how we are different, then we wouldn't have any conflict any violence or any hatred. I truly believe this. I know this. And I know that you know this too. We all know this at a very deep level. We just haven't all mastered the art of living by it yet. Because our ego keeps trying to tell us that our identity can only exist by defining how we are different from each other. But that is not the truth. You can have an identity and define who you are by what you do believe in and what you do love and what you do stand for. And I stand for love and connection and compassion. And I stand up for the belief that we really can realize this by focusing all of our attention on what we do want. And by acknowledging what is good in others so that we can bring out more of that. This is the truth that lives in all our hearts. We all know this and now it is our job to learn to live by this and to model this to others every day. You know, the simple strategy is to put all your attention 
on what you want more of. And this means always trying to find the good in everything and everyone and every situation. Last weekend, I watched one of my favorite movies, The Celestine Prophecy, and it reminded me of this really important message that I'm talking to you about today. It reminded me to have this context and this understanding of what I've been observing in the world lately, and it gave me comfort. And it reminded me that we're all on a familiar and predetermined path that is meant to be. Essentially, we are all exactly where we should be. Have you ever read the Celestine Prophecy? You know, I read the book years ago when I lived in England, and then I saw the author James Redfield speak, which was amazing. And when I saw that there was a movie out, I just had to buy it. And every once in a while, when I need a little recalibration or a little shift, I watch that movie. And I get some perspective about what we're meant to realize in this lifetime. And there's a passage from the Celestine Prophecy that I want to share with you. Here it goes. All the conflict, the chaos in this world is changing us. The violence is waking us up in a way. We're going to discover something and it will make us look at things differently. And that is a really, really important passage. So I'm going to say that again so you can listen carefully. All the conflict, the chaos in this world is changing us. The violence is waking us up in a way. We're going to discover something and it will make us look at things differently. So as much as I feel this urge to resist and to panic about all the conflict that I've been observing, I feel like that's just my human reaction to worry and to wonder about where it's all heading and what we're on the cusp of. But when I go inside, I know that that is not the right response. I know that worrying is like praying for what we don't want. And so I've been trying to resist giving any energy to worry or to fear, which we know are just emotions that keep us separate from others. So let's go back to our definition of yoga. Simply put, the purpose of yoga is to recognize that we are all connected. We are all connected to one divine source, and so we are all connected to each other. And most of us know this at an intellectual level, but success, joy, and fulfillment can only come when we learn to live this 24-7 in all areas of our life, not just when we're on the mat, not just on evenings and weekends. We're meant to live and breathe connection all the time with all people in all interactions and all relationships. Remember, we can only hold one conscious thought at a time. So if our conscious thought is on connection, we cannot be thinking about separation. You see, they're two opposite sides of a coin, connection and separation. And holding this lens of connection is the solution to solve all the conflict that we are observing. We need to shift our focus on what we have in common instead of how we are separate. And this leads me back to our collective dharma. This purpose that all human beings share, that we are all meant to realize during our time on this planet, the one phrase 
containing three simple words is, we are one. We are one. That is our collective dharma. We are one. So we've talked about yoga and union, and the true definition of yoga is to recognize that we are all connected to each other. The true definition of yoga is the union of individual consciousness with universal consciousness. And this relates to our topic today of sangha or community because we are all building conscious businesses. And so we are all putting our energy into building community and putting our energy and attention into how we are connected. So what I've talked about up till now is a lot of philosophy. So you might be wondering, how does all this concept of community apply to running my business? Good question. It actually works at two different levels in the physical realm and the metaphysical realm. First, it works as a traditional business strategy in the physical realm. Building community for your business is important because it allows you to build relationships which builds loyalty and trust. People feel safe and the greatest brands in the world are high trust brands that are meaningful to people and clearly stand for something. Strong communities are always built around clearly defined brands. And whether we are aware of it or not, we all connect to brands that have clearly defined values because this allows us to express who we are and what we believe in. And the business benefit of this is loyalty and trust. And I'm sure that you'll agree that relationships are at the core of all business transactions. The most optimal way to sell a product or service is through a relationship that is built on trust, understanding, and respect. And in return, you are rewarded with strong relationships, with sales, with loyalty, with repeat business and referrals. Now, I've seen this in my community. The people who engage with me believe in the same things that I believe in. And so they're not just choosing me. They're choosing to connect with the brand and what the brand stands for and the vision of the change that we are making in this world. And this strategy of building a brand that stands for something works in any industry. So building community helps you in business with loyalty, relationships, and trust. And this is an obvious benefit of building community in business that I'm sure you're likely aware of. But the aspect that often gets overlooked is how building of a community works on the metaphysical level because it helps us to fulfill our collective dharma. And our collective dharma, as I talked about earlier, is to realize that we are one and that we're all connected and that we are all meant to put energy and attention into finding ways that we are connected instead of how we are different or separate from each other. And we used to think of business as a way to make a lot of money to solve the world's problems. But please recognize that this is not the only way to do good with your business. Each day that you operate your business, You have the opportunity to realize our collective dharma, that we are all connected to each other, to put more of your effort and energy into seeing how you are connected to others instead of how you are separate from them. And you do this through your relationships, 
So relationships and community are the great accelerator to grow your business. So if any of you don't feel particularly inspired with what your business does in this world, then try on this lens of yoga or union with your business. Use this opportunity to focus on the relationships that exist in your business, to see how we are all connected to each other. With conscious business, it isn't just the what that we are doing or building. It's about the who we are meeting and interacting with along the way. You know, in the intro of this podcast, and I know you might tune me out by now, but I always say that our conscious businesses call us forth to grow on a personal level and through our relationships. You see, it's not just about you and your relationship with you. Your personal growth is important, yes, but don't miss out on the relationship piece, on the community piece, on the sangha. Use business as an opportunity to build community and help to find the ways that we are connected, to find compassion and a way to help. And once you learn to unlock this approach, you learn to apply community as a lens to your everyday life. Success will chase you, opportunities will chase you, and financial abundance will follow. So to recap, building community works on two different levels. In the physical realm, allowing you to build a stronger brand that draws more opportunity, more loyalty, more referrals, and more brand advocates. You know, the best kind of marketing that can ever be done for your business is the marketing that is done organically by your customers on your behalf. And this can only happen when they connect with your brand. And secondly, it works at the metaphysical level because we are fulfilling our collective dharma to realize that we are all connected at a soul level, that we are one. And the more that we can focus on building community, the more our business will be rewarded and opportunities and abundance will follow because we are fulfilling our collective dharma to realize connection, to realize that we are one. There's one last way that I want to introduce connection, and this is as a tool. Do you remember in the intro, I used the example of the lovely gentleman in my building who's really ticked off about the power outage? How did we calm him down? Do you remember? It was through appealing to his basic emotional needs of being seen and heard, of letting him know that we understand his perspective, and importantly, allowing him to see that he is part of a community and that we're all going through what he is. And when we're able to do this, to see how we're connected, it diffuses our ego and this craving to focus only on ourself. And once he was able to do this, his energy shifted, and so too did his anger. And this is what it takes for us to deal with conflict. Remember, when our ego is running the show, it wants us to see how we are wronged and not respected. And it wants us to believe that we are separate from others and disconnected from them. Because that is the only way that our ego can survive. It thrives in separation from others. We can only Hold one conscious perspective, connection or separation. Only one, connection or separation. 
So I want to give you this tool and I want you to keep it with you at all times. Whenever you are in a situation with conflict where people are at odds with each other or maybe you are feeling conflict with someone else, remember to use this lens to look at things that you have in common with the other person to find compassion. Find the ways that you are the same, whether it is common goals, objectives, beliefs, values, or accomplishments. You will be surprised how impactful this approach is. It is such a powerful way to diffuse conflict. And remember to focus on our collective dharma, to focus on community and realize that we are one and to live from this message each and every day. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on community. I hope that you will remember that our collective dharma of connection and living from this reality that we are one. As always, I would love your feedback on this episode. And if you feel compelled or inspired by this episode, I invite you to share it with someone. Someone who shares your passion for yoga or community or fulfilling our collective dharma. And please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you don't ever miss an episode. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.